Welcome to episode two of On the Drive. I'm your host, Grace Welbing, and we will be joined shortly by my co-host, Taylor Ferns, and our guest for the week, who is going to be Thomas Meserol, perhaps better known as T-Mez. He's a fan favorite pretty much anywhere that he races, and we're super excited to have him on the podcast. We are actually going to be recording it later today inside the SageNet Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, as all three of us are here for the Chili Bowl Nationals. So settle in and let's go on the drive. I don't think I've had a really an opportunity to chat with you very much, so I'm excited to no, we learn haven't. more about you, you know? I, I we've agree. Been in, we've been in the same circuit for a while. For so. 20 years. It feels like, okay, a decade. How about that? Yeah. No. Yeah. I was telling Grace, you know, the other day, I think my first chili bowl, I think we met when I was 16, my first chili bowl. Yeah. Wow. That was yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. 12 years. Yeah. So yeah. I was reading some stats, and am I correct in saying that this is your 18th Chili Bowl? Yeah, it sounds that sounds about right. Okay. I've been, I've been coming down for, here for a while. Uh, my dad owned cars. I think I ran his car out here in 99, uh, 2000 maybe. And, uh, yeah, so I've been coming out here for a long time, and I feel like that's part of, you know, why I, I get around here pretty good is, like, you know, the building kind of, like, has its own thing when it comes to like the drivers it puts a lot of pressure on you there's a lot of cars there's a lot of people and uh you know the track is just tough you know this place is very tough i think i interviewed you i think a year ago and we were talking a little bit about chili bowl luck and all you know the experience that you've had with that and you were saying i think 2017 you felt was like a breakout year for you can you talk a little bit about that yeah i was probably running for rusty coons um you know, we got caught up. I think that was when uh, Al Geyer, you know, I've had so many good years here. It's really hard to point out, pick one out because, uh, you know, I, when I drove for Mark Bush, I was in this two car, the Deuce, and uh, I put the Deuce in the show like three or four years. <laughs> and and it and it wasn't, it was a nobody car, you know, per se. And I, I feel like that kind of like made my name because then Rusty Coons hired me to run his car and I showed up. I got caught up. I think I was running fifth. Uh, Al Geyer was running fourth, and he catches the curb on the last corner of the last lap, gets upside down. I get caught up with him. Well, it puts me in a D main, and I I, I did the soup and went from the D to the A, and uh, that kind impressive. of yeah, that yeah. kind of you know got got me up on the rowdy you know the top row rowdies uh, you know agenda, and you know so people started noticing. Yeah. You know, back then I was Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Not known as Timez yet. Not known as Timez yet. When did that nickname come about? You know, it might have been uh, probably Timez probably was already on the car, I think. But it it okay. it really um, popped off, I think, here at the Chili Bowl. Um, you know, because everybody sees what's going on in yeah. this building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And back then, it was probably streamed on Racing Boys when they were still when they were the mainstreaming service and i feel like nowadays like with all the cars like we're over 350 cars the past few years you know you don't see people run the soup as much no. or like as hard as like maybe like the years that you were talking about yes yes i mean i think a couple years you know just like jj he ran from like what, yeah jay all the way through to the feature yeah and that would be tougher i think nowadays um everybody's cars like a lot of times you don't know who you're racing with in the heat races, um, but you can just look at the cars. And I roll up in my heat race, and I got one of Matt Wood's cars. I got, you know, the Dave.com car. 
I had um, I, I who else? there was good you know in just the car I didn't it didn't matter who was in them because you know those cars are going to roll around here I love mm-hmm. the music right now yeah. this is cracking me up <laughs> it's very like oh. solitude yeah, yeah. The, between the couch and the music yeah. everything in here is just very like relaxing at the moment <laughs> yeah very therapeutic you know kind of an oxymoron for the week you gotta, gotta sit up a little bit <laughs> well now I can't touch the floor so I just feel like a little boy <laughs> So, so this year, a fresh relationship, you know, new partnership here at the Chili Bowl. Ran six the other night in the main. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like you guys have for the soup on Saturday? So I, I don't know exactly where I'm starting, but I'm in a B, so that's good. You know, I've, I've had to come through a C to get to the B, so I feel like I'm in a good enough spot where, you know, if we go forward a couple spots, we should be in the show. Um, but it's tough. You still got to, like, just get through it all. Um, and the normal guys aren't really running in the top five it seems like you know so it's kind of a different crew that's going to be starting in front of me but um you know we're we're still hard at it over here um we got the car we actually were welding new spuds on the car because it wasn't that great with as rough as the track was you know we ran six which is a great run um you know on chili bold standards with 75 cars a night or whatever but we really wanted to get to top three, top two, you know, lock into that thing. And I didn't feel like we were really that good to do that. So, um, you know, we're still working on the car and and hoping to get the car a little bit better and, and, you know, at least put it in the show and and help put on a show. Yeah. Something you were talking about on Tuesday, I think, because you went eighth to sixth in the prelim, right? And you were talking about kind of that veteran mentality, I guess you'd call it, that came into play where you were like, let's not wreck, you know, we're just going to, finish get a decent position and start in the b how long do you feel like it takes at chili bowl to kind of develop that knowledge where it's like okay i don't need to risk everything and you know wreck the car and go back to like an e-main or something you know i i'd say it took me 10 years i mean because it's just hard when you're in the car you know your your adrenaline's (laughs) rushing from the car trying to kill you and and go fast you know and then you you throw in Everybody just like kamikaze and at you, and um, it's 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 definitely yeah. it just takes time to like calm your emotions, you know, yeah. like because because the good guys are like you know like shots. He's out there on a Sunday cruise, even though like he's running 150 miles an hour in Knoxville. He's right on the the berm that's this big, you know. <laughs> like anybody else runs it as fast as he does and jumps it. They're junking a car, you know. There's all these emotions that that are just natural emotions that you really have to like overcome. Yeah. And it takes so long to like just be um, an adult and, and be like out here like, no, we're not gonna, you know, bang wheelies and go fast. We need to like calm down and try to like right. ride this one out and get a finish. Because if you don't finish your Saturday prelim, if you're lucky enough to make it, you know, it just puts you so deep. Every every spot you go backwards. Yeah. Well, I think that really you can tell what um, whether it's prelim nights or even on the soup day, what separates the vets from kind of maybe the newer guys or the uh, rookies or whatnot is you can kind of sense like the calmness. You know, the vets. Yeah. You know, kind of are calm. Kind of let the race work out itself. Yes. Especially at the beginning in their heat races when everybody's. I mean, you know, everybody's kind of what you were saying, kamikaze. And yeah. You'll just kind That's of, a good word. As, yeah. vet, as a veteran, though, you'll just let them do their thing and then yep. just drive right on by. Yeah, wait for their mistakes at the other end, you know. And, and uh, yeah, so 
it's 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 taken me a long time to get there and i'm not always even there you know i i get excited in the car and um you're just hammering excitement for me means throttle to the floor yeah. <laughs> which means front tires off the ground and then you can't turn and so like it's it's tough here to just like make smooth laps mm -hmm. while dealing with the chaos around you yeah you're known for your personality you know off the track i know you're well aware of that do you feel like you're like you're kind of describing do you feel like that's the same way that you are in the cockpit or is it you're a little more honed in maybe or how does it change um you know it's tough in the car you know it's it's in this building it's easy to get like worked up on just a good run and then you go into a total different race they they work the track different it goes from the top to the bottom and then like like the bottom's not my thing and so then it can change so fast so you really just got to be humble here and uh you know take what you can get and when the opportunity's open you know just kind of attack so yeah. but it is it is tough this place is just like it's such a mental game I yeah 100 percent. Like. patience honestly is key yes. like the doors will just open themselves up and you'll yes. just make your way through so that's why i feel like the vets kind of really mm -hmm. you can you can see when you watch the races who's been here and who hasn't yeah so a topic every year and it's already been a topic in this conversation is you know chili bowl luck everyone talks about it how you need a little luck during the week in order to for one you know get into the a and then do well in the a but talk a little bit about your experiences with chili bowl luck and maybe what some examples of that are i mean chili bowl luck is just getting a good heat you know i feel like like my my uh prelim night i got a heat that was i was the second heat it was narrow you know, I had a couple guys that were pretty sporty and also pretty all over the place, and it just got roadblocked for me, you know? And then four heats later, um, you know, or last night, you know, yeah, four heats later, Buddy goes out there, and every car Buddy comes up to misses the bottom, and he just rolls by him, you know? And just like, doo, 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 you know, and I'm out there, and I just feel like I'm, I'm running through landmines. And yeah. sometimes the luck, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Sometimes the luck is just, getting a good heat race you know um yeah so i've had years where i start next to the guy and you know this thing's a total pos and <laughs> they drop the green and it just goes straight right plugs me in the fence you know and i go i go from outside second row to ninth right off the get-go and the whole the whole name of the game here is going forward and getting gaining mm -hmm. points mm -hmm. and some position points you know uh, passing points i mean um and so already like i'm like instantly frustrated throttle happy you know yeah. and, and um so another year i had somebody bicycle off the infield mow me down um one year i i banged the fence in the, this is all heat races too i'm i'm running <laughs> of course. From, the most exciting part yeah. of the night honestly oh yeah absolutely so <laughs> it I'm, makes and breaks your week for real it is it's the it's it does and i think that right there makes me even more impatient when I start going backwards because you know you have to go forwards but I I feel like the laps don't click away very fast here because I'm so impatient you know right. and so I, lately I've been just telling myself there's laps and just trying to calm myself down with knowing there's more laps right and and there's a lot of stuff that's about to happen yeah you know? yeah for sure taylor would you agree with that description of chili bowl luck is that kind of what you've experienced over the years yeah that's why i would say so this is my sixth chili bowl i ran it 
when I was obviously 16, 17, 18, then I took a few years off, and then the past three years I've been back running for Bob East. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, my new theme now for the week, every year we come is just making the most of it. Because really, if your heat does go sideways, you're basically, you're being reactive instead of proactive for the rest of the night and trying to make up ground. And the points are everything. So it can make and break, like whether you're in the inversion, where you start, how many cars you can pass. And sometimes it even just starts off with your draw. Yeah. So, you know, just making the most of each lap when you're on the track, pass as many guards as you can. My dad used to always tell me, go where they're not. Yes. <laughs> sometimes it works out, sometimes yes. it doesn't, because you could have stuff like what Team S was talking about, like cars will just dart off to the right or left, and so sometimes a lot of it is damage control too. So yes. I, I think the luck and it all just plays its part. Yeah. I'd rather be lucky than good any day, especially <laughs> especially Poor, yeah. in this building. That's um, I think I I might have heard that in this building when I first came here and and I'm I'm I'll stick to it. I one of my best years, I was very young. I was driving a guy's car. We ended up really deep in the qualifier. Like I I made the back of the qualifier and everybody was missing the bottom and I the, the car I was in, I just rolled the bottom and I got myself to second. It put me one of the high point cars, so I start next to the dude that year, Danny Lasoski. I think it was probably like oh two, oh five. It was early in my career, and my dad said, "Whatever you do, don't crash Lasoski." So. Oh no! <laughs> Here we go. Here on we the go. start, I think I so I start pull, and he said, "Whatever you do, don't crash him." So that meant don't throw a slider on the start. So. We roll down, I come off of two, I run in behind him, and his car, like, he came off sideways, it swung down, and I got my bumper on the outside of his bumper, and when he swung back, it hit, hooked my, my bumper, and I stuck it in the hay bells on the entry on lap oh one. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And it destroyed those hay bells in the car. We worked on the car all week that week. It kind of got us into, we would, we would prelim as early as we could because I destroyed shit back then and tore up cars. Uh, one night I was running for the 75 guys. Uh, what, what, I forget their name right now. Um, that's terrible. Gosh. Banging my head a few that's too many bad. times. You're under pressure. Under yeah. pr- you're in the hot seat right it's now. It's the pressure. So <laughs> at, I'm driving for them. We bend the steering arm or something and somebody put the wrong drag link on. And so then the steering wouldn't turn. And then... There was another, what's the other girl that races wing 360s down here? Erin, maybe? Um, uh, Harley? Not Harley. She runs 360 ACS. Anyways, I'm rolling around there, and she flat wheels me and sticks me in the fence because I didn't have steering because the, the, somebody put the wrong part on, you know? I got so many Chili Bowl stories. It's yeah, crazy. Geez. You know, it always amazes me how specific, like, drivers' memories are when it comes to, like, on track stories i mean like you like like you right now like can repeat everything that happened like know exactly the details and it can be like 11 12 years ago i mean is it just still that fresh in your mind that you just it kind of is so look at that picture that is from i feel like i remember when you drove that car yeah this is the car that made me popular here okay 
So you would say that was your, was that like a career defining moment for you or like your breakout moment or like what was your career defining moment? You know, I think we all hope there is a career defining moment, but as we all know that it's, it's nobody really gives a shit about each and every one of us individually. It takes time to build people that do care. Yeah. I really feel like that. And that is kind of like maybe not the greatest thing to say, but I do feel like that. It's it's that's kind of what started my YouTube channel is like I always thought I was going to maybe go somewhere, but I didn't try very hard to push myself to get farther, you know? And then like one day I just I I you know, my dad gave me this video uh Gary V and it um it, it's called Crushing It and it was basically just like his whole thing was self-promotion, the internet's free, these social medias are free, and, and if you just put in a little bit of work and put your stuff out there, the world might love you. And you know what, if you don't, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like so true because I, th I think about like we were talking about 10, 12 years ago. I mean, it was the beginning of social media. It was. And now, we're here we are 10 to 12 years later, and it's like a huge aspect of not only society, but of our, of our sport to market yourself and so was that the idea behind Team STV or what Absolutely. I think, you know, and I'm 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 a little old school because I grew and so like when it started, I I didn't want to like I wasn't posting pictures all the time cuz I'm not trying to rub it in anybody's face. I don't post pictures of me up cage standing all the like cuz it just doesn't like the rest of the world doesn't really care. They want to see cool pictures, but they don't want anybody rubbing anything in their face in my opinion, you know. And so then I didn't really post and boast about my stuff a whole lot. And then like one day I just was like, okay, I, what I do is awesome. You know, I get to drive, you know, I was driving for RMS. They traveled all over this beautiful country going racing at the coolest tracks in the country. And I, I had the best seat in the house driving that 7X. And so boom, I put a camera on the car and then like I could bring the whole world with me. And it just, I finally just woke up one day and was like, I, I need to little, leave a little piece of me, you know, and give out more if I want to sell some more shirts and and do what I really want to do, which is just be a race car driver, you know. But it's not it's not financially that great, you know. If you don't have um, Logan CV years, you know, I'm not even going to say Kyle Larson. He goes and steals everybody's money, you know. Uh, guys who are busting their ass to try to earn enough money to go racing again, you know. He kind of comes and cherry picks us, but. We should be able to run with them, but we we don't always. It's not always like that, you know. But so if I don't have a Logan CV year, it's tough, you know, and so I got to hustle elsewhere, you yeah. know, whether it's your shirts or right. social media. I think social media is awesome now. Yeah, and I think that's the big part, oh, sorry, Grace. I think that's the big part of grassroots racing that's so unique and sets, like, us all collectively apart from maybe, like, the more commercialized series is because you really have to roll up your sleeves and go to work. Mm -hmm. Like, you can walk through the pits and talk to people like Timez yeah. or, like, the Justin Grants or, like, the Logan Seavies, and you can tell that they're passionate about it because it takes a lot to do this. Well, I was going to say, like, I feel like a lot of race fans, like, they're not necessarily just interested in, like, cinematic social media content. Like, they want something that makes them feel like they're, like you're saying, on the journey with you. You know, like you're taking them with you to all these racetracks. They're getting this incredibly unique view at what it's like to be a race car driver. And, you know, not not as many race car drivers do it as probably they should. I feel like that would really kind of help the sport in general just so people could see what it, you know, what it's like. You know, it's funny that you say that because originally when I did it, I just really was trying to get you know, some shirt sales through the winter. Cause if I, you know, I'm, I'm 
racing race by race and I don't I don't race in the winter so I don't have an income and then I I start hearing stories of these older gentlemen who started coming back to the racetrack because of my channel you know and then and then people talking about how I'm an ambassador of the sport you know and I'm just Timez you know like I'm slide or die I'm I'm over the I used to come to this building and get Get, go drift in the back parking lot and destroy the parking lots with whatever car I had and get ran out of here by parking lot police. I'd have to hide my car over there in the park, in the residential area because I couldn't park my car here. But that's what I love to do. Like, and it was just like, yep, they got a big parking lot back there. I come down here, I spend all my money and I, I don't <laughs> oh make any God. money back. And so I'm going to have fun, you know, like, and that's what Chili Bowl used to be for me. And then it's, it's turned into... You know, once I've gotten to be, you know, Timez and actually making shows and stuff, it's not a party anymore, you know? And I right. think the younger years, it was. Mm -hmm. This is a big party, you know? So a lot of the people can get caught up into that, you know, whether it's, you know, over drinking on the night before your prelim or whatever, you know? But um, I, I go veering off the subject. Sorry about that. No, but by all means, it's a podcast. We're meant to talk about yeah. everything and everything. Yeah. But with that, we're actually going to take a short break and then we'll be right back with more from Timez. All right, we are back with Thomas Meserol, better known probably as Timez these days, um, for the second part of the On the Drive podcast here at the Chili Bowl. Um, so I'd like to start talking about your last year, 2023. I keep forgetting it's like 2024 already, but you yeah. know, 2023, a bit of an odd year for you, maybe up until the BC 39 win. Um, just talk a little, little bit about how you classify or how you would grade your last season. So last year we kind of did an R&D year. We had that Ford motor and, and we ran into some issues with it. I feel like we worked through those issues. Um, but it was honestly, it was a good year. You know, I feel like any year to be alive is a good year, you know, and we, we won some races. I, I think I won 10 races between non-wing sprint cars and midgets. Mm -hmm. Didn't win too many midget races like we had hoped. But it was a trial and error year, you know, and I feel like we made such good headway. Um, we showed up this race with a brand new, the latest, greatest Ford over there. I shouldn't even call it a Ford because it's really the Tim Engler special, ah. um, the EA Stealth. Secret and, sauce. Uh, which stands for Engler Arrington. Joey Arrington actually assembles the motors. He was, uh, he was the Mopar guy in NASCAR land built all of the Mopar motors when they ran over NASCAR. Um, and so, yeah, we kind of had an R&D year. And, and now, um, you know, and then I end up losing my ride over at RMS right at the end of the year. Picked up a win at, at the BC. So I felt like like my R&D year wasn't a waste, you know, because yeah. like winning at Indy was so special. I, I remember, um, you know, as a kid watching Indy, me and AJ Allmendinger grew up together. And I, I grew up watching Indy 500 with him. Um, and so I just re remember that as a kid. And so winning there was, it kind of like was the silver lining on the year. You know, we didn't, we didn't smash it out. Like I've had years where I won almost 20 races and, and it wasn't one of those years, but you know what? You take the good with the bad um, and, and losing probably the biggest, best ride I've ever had with RMS. You know, they took me everywhere. They took me on the national USAC tour and just, just to be in the group that'll allow you to go to all those races and, and kind of pay for everything um, is a special thing, you know, and 
So, but when that whole thing ended, I ended up on on, on another deal. I honestly thought I wasn't going to be midget racing. Honestly, okay. I thought like, okay, this deal's done. I'm I'm going sprint car racing, and uh, but Tim Tim uh, gave me motors. We, I was the only guy running the EA Stealth, and uh, so I think we weren't done with that, you know. And so then Tim just kind of uh, picked up the pieces. We built a new car. And, uh, you know, so it kind of, it, the end of the year turned into kind of a new deal and we built a new team. And so that's been, that's been, um, an up and down experience to be completely honest. Um, because building, building a a team from the ground up is a lot of work. Um, a lot of, uh, frustration, trial and error. Yes. And, uh, you know, we, so we have, you know, a semi-prototype motor and now a, a brand new build car, uh, John Farrell. He built micros and sprint cars and then he built a midget for Tim and it was his first midget. Um, so, you know, we're kind of working through some of the bugs on it. We picked up a win with it right at the end of the year um, at DeCoin, which was really awesome. That kind of helped, um, you know, so I guess I, I won more than, I won two races over there at RMS and three. I'm not good with numbers. I'm good at turning the wheel, but I'm not good with numbers. Today I got an interview and they were, uh, he, he handed me something to read and I'm like, oh no, oh, no. don't make me read. <laughs> Felt like I was in school, but you know, um, so yeah, now, you know, I, I, I rolled out of the best ride I ever had into, I feel like an amazing opportunity. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's having good people around your pit area, you know, and, and with Tim, Tim's so knowledgeable and John, um, is, he's a fabricator and he builds race cars and he, so he's new to midgets and so that's been a little bit of a learning curve, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I, th- I think it's a good program, you know, and Tim's all about me going wing racing next year and we kind of, so I'm, I'm going to slow down on the midget racing a little bit. Um, and go wing racing um, and running the sprint car a little bit more. And so I'm going to say, like, I'm going to run 33 uh, midget races, 33 non-wing race, probably more like 45 non-wing races and, and like, 25 uh, wing races. So I'm pretty excited to just have opportunities to kind of, this year I get to do what I want to do. Um, yeah. And I've never really had a bunch of people you know usually when you drive for people it's just like hey this is the schedule this is what we want to do and then so my life is like uh, scheduled on somebody else's uh, race program mm-hmm, right Ultimately. well you have a lot of different eggs yes. in one basket so to kind of go off you're talking about going wing sprint car racing yeah. this upcoming season so tell us about maybe the transition or if you feel like you'll have a little bit of a learning curve you know, having that extra downforce with the wing, predominantly coming from a non-wing background. Kind of talk about that transition a little bit. It's, you know, it's tough because now I'm kind of a veteran in the the non-wing world. And so like, I just show up and I know what speeds I should run. And I I know where the limits are kind of, I already found the limits, right? Okay, (laughs) so with this wing car, it's just like, all right, let's, hey, let's go, you know, and, and it's actually, it's really fun because there's no expectations, you know, and my partner, Don Whitney, um, he's just, he's he's like kind of one of my life coaches, honestly, like this racing gig is not always easy, you know, whether it's changing rides or changing uh, from non-wing to wing, um, you know, it's such a mental game um, and sometimes 
there's this thing, a uh, fight or flight mode, I believe, where, you know, my, my body's just always in fight or flight mode because the adrenaline from the racing and the thrill of the speeds and trying to kill myself in the racetrack, I think, is really what elevates the heart and all that. And then, um, you know, it just, it makes, it's, it makes for a mental unstability thing sometimes, you know, where you're racing so much and you need sleep and you need hydration and, and, but there's no time for it, you know? And so then, uh, it's nice to have life coaches and Don's nice enough to let me go wing racing, you know, like it's, it's a big step for him because I'm a rookie, I guess, you know? Like, yeah. Is that, is that weird? Is that weird yes. to think about? No. Yeah. Yes. And no, it's exciting. I think. And that's what, what's got me really into it. And if you've, if you've never driven a race car, you, it's hard to grasp all what I'm saying when, you know, trying to kill yourself is the best way I can explain it, okay? Because if you think you're going to die, that's how we, that's how our heart races. And you, you just, you, your brain can't, you can't trick your brain to think any other way. Um, and so when you're running a wing car and literally defying the laws of gravity, because the wing is pushing you down so fast, yeah. hard, and you can run, you know, like in the non-wing, I'm used to running 100 miles an hour on a half mile, okay? That's fast. But on the wing cars, they run 140 miles an hour that's different you know and that's so that's it's uh, it's gonna be exciting I'm really looking forward to that and uh, you know I, I have to keep with the non-wing stuff because financially that's where I make a living right yeah and I always kind of when people ask me oh what's it like to drive a sprint car or whatever I think Cole Trickle Days of Thunder said it best controlling something that's out of control but more specifically I think that relates more to sprint cars because you know what you step on the throttle and that thing has Oof. a mind of its own yes so well i'm curious like not just defying death as you say on the racetrack but just mentally and literally when it comes to like having rides and things like that surviving in this sport for as long as you have you know how do you go about that and like making sure that this can continue you know kind of being your career you know, it's tough. I think now it's 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 gotten a lot easier, you know, because I've, I've made a name for myself. I've had some good runs. And ultimately, um, I think Sunshine, he gets, he always, he always is like, I'll sell shirts when I win races, you know. And when he's not winning races, he's he's a little, he's a little grumpy about it, you know, and because and, he's not selling shirts. And so winning races sells shirts. So you really got to stay up front. You know, for me, it's being exciting. Um, I like to, I like to rip the lip and I like to do wheelies. And I feel like it, it's noticed, you know, in the grandstands. So I feel like that's why my fans like me. Yeah. So to go off of that with, like, career longevity, obviously you've been doing this for a long time. Oh, yeah. I've lost track of that. Yeah. yeah. But you all – but to add, though, you mentioned earlier, you know, during the off season, not racing as much, like not really getting that paycheck. Is there any other endeavors that you kind of indulge in to make money on the side? I'm a flooring contractor by trade, but um, you know that was kind of why I started the YouTube thing. Like, if I could get, you know, my thought was like, okay, if I could make 500 bucks a month, you know, that would help. You know, that's that's half of my mortgage. You know, and so then if I could, you know, and so then anything is better than nothing. And my YouTube does, you know, now it does a thousand dollars a month, you know, and sometimes it does more than that. Wow. Um, Double that, you know, like if the views go up. So yeah, go check out Timo's TV on YouTube. (laughs) Um, A little shameless plug there. Plug. Absolutely. Gotta plug it when you can. It's honestly changed my life. Like I I now have the freedom because I never had a thousand dollar check coming in every month. Okay. And now getting through the winter, like it is huge for me because yeah. my whole 
my whole year before used to be save until I could save $10,000 and I'd put $10,000 away in a safe and then I wouldn't touch it until I got to the winter, you know? And then that 10 grand would give me three months of life, right? Mm-hmm. Bills paid, yeah. food, yeah. you know? Stability. Stability, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And, and some like peace of mind, you know? Like, um, and so, yeah. Uh, now I use it to buy shirts to come to Chili Bowl in hopes <laughs> yeah. to sell them, to just put it back in there, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reimburse yourself. (laughs) What's the most popular YouTube video you've made so far? Actually, um, the most popular on views is this mini bike video I did. Um, Oh, no way? Yes, because people are always looking up mini bike stuff and wanting to build mini bikes, and it was very basic. It was about the governor. Um, and so surprisingly enough, yeah, that's my best one. But my most popular, other than that, that's racing one, was when I talked about uh, I think it was Daddy's Money, uh, talking <laughs> about the rentals. You know, actually, uh, yeah. Coons' rental program, ultimately, I think Keith Coons and uh, uh, Chad Boat have a rental program, and, and you guys could go throw them like $300,000, $400,000 and rent a car all year long, and that doesn't even pay for you to get there or, or crash damage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, go check that video out. That's That one was like... Twenty-five thousand views. Twenty-five thousand views in two days. Wow. Uh, which was is huge. You know, like if my videos might do ten thousand, they might do fifteen. Yeah. Um, they're getting better. I'm, I have twenty thousand subscribers, so I'm pretty pumped. Wow. Yeah. Do you get a cake or anything that's at like twenty yeah, k? Don't they send? Doesn't YouTube send out plaques? Yeah. So they, they do, but I think it starts at fifty. Oh. So I, you know what? And I'm. You'll I'm get just, there. You'll I get there. Will. You'll have yeah. a good chili bowl Saturday. Yeah. You know? Yeah, You'll we have a good chili bowl, and uh, you know. Even if nobody was following it, I'd still do it because I think my kids go watch it and, um, you know, it's all about the family. So it makes them happy. It's worth me doing it. Yeah. How often yeah. do you get to bring, because you have two daughters, right? Yeah. How yeah. often do they get to come to the racetrack? I know they were at the BC, right? Yeah. So the BC was during, anytime it's during the week, I have them uh, Monday through Friday and she gets them on the weekends. And so if it's during the week, um, I take them. So I actually took them off out of school because it was Indy. And uh, that was like the most precious part of the whole thing. It was like I was trying to get to my kids, like what indie means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because they, they're kids, they don't understand it. And I basically was like, huh, how, how do I explain this? This is the biggest, most important race of the year for me, is what I told them, you know? Yeah. And so then I won my prelim, and, you know, like I can't even, I almost can't even talk about it because it, it puts me in tears because it makes me so happy that my kids just grasp it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is the first time I haven't cried about it. Um, uh, because you know, I love my kids, and I'm sure, and, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's pretty cool to bring them, but yeah. no, uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna slip. All out. right, I think Taylor has to head off to the drivers' meeting. Um, starts in about two minutes here. All right, see you guys. All right, Thanks. see you, Taylor. I have one last question for you, and then I will let you head out as well. Was there ever a point where you thought where racing wasn't like an option or where racing wasn't going to be the rest of your career i don't you know i i actually don't think um no i i've always just chased it you know and and you can have whatever you want in this life you just have to go after it you know and and um i never have had the money to go racing you know the way i go race now Mm -hmm. 
but I I spent a couple years saving up and building a sprint car and I went when I moved to Indiana and I went and raced it for one year I ran it 12 shows and I knew I just needed to get my name out there and um, that really kind of got me started you know and and I spent all my I saved all my money for two years and spent all my money on a race car to go racing and um, it's interesting because when I destroyed it I just people came up and helped because I I you know was putting in all this effort you know and the racing community is amazing and so I feel like without racing I would probably be dead because I I just riding street bikes or getting into drugs or something Mm -hmm. racing has always just kept me out of trouble and so like my first divorce um, she she basically thought I was gonna get killed in a race car and so she talked me out of she talked me out of moving from um, Indiana to Tulsa and we were going to race mo- we were going to drive monster trucks. Oh. True story. Monster trucks. Monster trucks. Okay. And um, she went on to race monster trucks and but we ended up getting divorced before it all could happen. But she she had talked to me out of move I moved away from Indiana. She thought I was going to get killed in a race car and when your when your best friend tells you then I started thinking I was going to get killed in a race car, you know, and Brian got killed in a race car, you know, and so it was tough, you know, to like not think that I'm way more wild than Brian Claus and, 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 you know, and so then, but I, when I got the divorce, I left Tulsa and I moved right back to Indiana, put my head down and, um, just started living my life again. And racing was always really the center of attention for me, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't feel like I could do anything without racing. I'm, I'm nothing without racing. I feel like is what I'm going to go with. What a quote. That was a good note to end on. Um, Well, thank you for all of the stories. Thank you for spending some time with us on the couch at the Chili Bowl. (laughs) And this concludes episode two of On the Drive.